fear the talking queers. Oh, how you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. Yeah. You guess yeah. what I'm sipping on? Scissor up. Uh, what's that? <laughs> scissor. Oh, angry so scissor. Skizzle. <laughs> um. Skizzle. Skizzle. This is already inco- <laughs> incomprehensible. <laughs> I'm sipping so I, Angry Orchard oh yeah, hard but- cider in the rosé flavor. Mmm, delish. Angry Orchard, available at supermarkets near <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, God, we're so desperate to get a sponsor from anybody. <laughs> I know. Uh, God, I'm looking for somebody. Yeah, Fear the Talking Queer, sponsored by Angry Orchard, Rosé. <laughs> well, I'm Jake. And I'm Frankie. And we're Fear the Talking Queers. Welcome back, listeners. Or if you're a new listener, hey. Or an old <laughs> listener. I. <laughs> if you're an old listener, <laughs> yeah. thanks for coming back. <laughs> so I have a question for you this week. Oh, okay, sure. Why are you such a damn bully? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I was acting a little bullish earlier. <laughs> I will admit, no, we won't talk um, about it. But um, yeah. I, okay. wait, have you ever been bullied? Is my actual question. Oh, well, okay. As a gay child, of course, we always get the looks and the stares and the whispers. Yeah. Mostly because we're stunningly gorgeous from head to toe. Of course. But other times it's because people can't understand the glamorous specimen that we are. Mm, yes, okay. Darling, right? Okay, so like in school, you get the little faggot and you gay and blah, 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 yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I got a little bit of that, but me being me and I'm not saying this just because I'm saying this because <laughs> I'm like I felt you know <laughs> above them oh I felt shit. like I was up right. here and I felt like they were all down here right they were so they were like at the end of the day they were yeah exactly because then I told, in, oh, yeah. so in German class one day yes you took German uh-huh sprinkle right. they Deutsch <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Sprechen the Doi? I don't know. Girl, I don't know. Like I took German. You're the one that's traveled the world, Mama, not me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I one day in German class, this kid was just like, "Are you gay? You know, I don't have a problem with it, but are you gay?" And da 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 da, and on and on and on, and blah blah blah, asking all these questions. And I'm like, I'm so over this. So I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I fucking hate school. I don't want to go there anymore. It's just so annoying. And she was like, are you being bullied? And I was like, no, but I'm just tired of like going to a school full of mindless assholes. Mind you, <laughs> at the time things were changing because by the time I got to senior prom, our prom king was actually a gay guy. No, it wasn't mine, me, but... Mine was... my. Uh, it wasn't my year, but the year before mine, mine was a gay guy too. And Joey yeah. was his... I think Joey was his homecoming king. Oh my god! Maybe no, maybe no. no I lied. No, he is his prom king. He was prom king. He was prom king. Yeah, he wow, was. Wow, popular. Yeah, literally. <laughs> okay, so I so actually, this is a funny story. So my mom was like, "Okay, fine, we'll put you in independent study." So we go down to like the independent study meeting. So the school I went to was still like my home school. Like any activities that I had to do had to be done through that school. But I went to the independent study meeting and they basically told me, I told them I was being, you know, harassed and, and I wasn't, but I, I put it on thick so I could, you know, do that instead. And I, they basically told me that I didn't have a good excuse that like being picked what? on was not a good excuse that the school board was not going to, you know, Oh, get God. Them. But these bitches can be on there with migraines and stuff. So I was like, okay, well, what do I have to do? Because I'm over this. So they, I basically had to do a formal dropout, which is basically you go get your, you go around to your, all your teachers, get your current grade, and then you stop going to school for like a week. And then oh you're considered God. a dropout. And so oh God, you, did you go to beauty school? You can, yeah. Uh-huh. No graduation day for you. Anyway, keep My going. Name's Frankie not Frenchy. <laughs> no, okay. So uh, basically, yeah. So I had to be, you know, considered a dropout. And then I could like re-enter the system as, you know, 
a high school dropout who wants to get her diploma. Whoa. That's my story. Interesting. Wow. I think the most like prominent story I can think of of being like bullied, of course, you know, it always came down to like the gay thing. Like it was that's so easy. It's so easy to, you know, bully kids that are most likely gonna be gay for being gay. Right. And um so of course like that's the avenue my bullies took. And I remember in middle school specifically is that somebody had posted around the school, like literally it was like a lined piece of paper. Um, uh, they posted a list around the school of the hottest girls in school. Ooh. And guess who made the number one spot? You, girl. Your boy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, looking what back now. I know. I was, like, looking back. Oh, like, it was a joke? Um, I mean, it was supposed to, like, be bullying me. It was oh. supposed to be, you know, like, you know, he's a girl. Like, you know. Yeah. But, like, looking back on it, I'm like, wait, thank you. That's actually kind of fierce. I was the hottest girl in school, bitch. I was hotter than all those other ugly assholes up in there. So right. I'm winning. I don't know about you. You won, ho. Do you know what I do remember? I remember another instance where I was bullied where somebody made a MySpace page. Like, I guess I forget. Like, oh, my God. And it literally, it was just called... Jake signs is gay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like re- and it was like a picture of me with like French fries in my mouth. And oh like, my god! I'm like, really? Like, and like this person was also really good friends with my two best friends, and I was so I sort of felt betrayed a little bit that they didn't. I, I don't know. I don't remember. They didn't stick up for the, you. Yeah, they didn't really stick up for me. But I will put them but, on blast. What are their names? Yeah. Hey, bit. No, I'm just kidding. No, I love. I love my friends. And to be honest, like, um, I sort of felt secure in high school, like from bullying, mm. because my best friend in high school, she was like one of the like the hot girls in school, but she wasn't like a popular Ooh. bitch, you know. Um, uh, she, but she was like. She was like the unattainable hot girl because she was like smarter than all of them, and she didn't really care about. It. She was like in theater with me. She was me, above you know? it, yeah. Right. She was she was above it. And she was in theater with me and all the shit. And like, I think all the all all the guys, I don't know, or maybe everybody was just like didn't want to mess with me because they know that I, that they all the dudes liked her and all this shit, which she would never give them the time of day. But honestly, I felt a little protected because my my best friend was one of the hottest girls in school. And uh, they wouldn't really mess with me. Like, of course, I heard things here and there that, like, you know. But nothing... I, in high school, I was sort of under the radar. Like, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure people knew I was gay or made fun of me behind my back. But honestly, they didn't do it to my face. So. Ooh. She said, say it to my motherfucking face. Say it to my motherfucking face, bitch. No, I don't know. <laughs> and, like, so, like, honestly, I felt like the worst of my bullying probably happened in middle school. Do you know what? I actually have... Um, a journal that I kept in fifth grade, fifth grade. And in it, I wrote that one of these, one of like my bully, like I called him like my arch enemy at the time mm-hmm. was like calling me gay. I was like, this is in the fifth grade. Like what, how do fifth graders even have a concept of like what that means? It, using it as an insult. Like that just like blows my mind. No. Yeah, exactly. The first time I got called out was, um, in first grade, and I will never forget who it was. It was Jessica Jovez. I know she's not going to listen to this, so just whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she um, said, "You're a faggot." First oh. grade, right? Like, what is it? like that? See, in that shit is like, it's obvious that it comes from the home. The home. It has to. Kids don't just know these things, right? So I didn't even know what it was. I was like, "What the hell is she talking about?" <laughs> This bitch. <laughs> well, she had dry skin, so I'm not. Yeah, whatever. Bur- but I think that's when it switched for me, where I was like, I found out what it was, and I knew that, you know, it is you right. hear through the grapevine of the household that it's wrong. Right. And you're like, that ain't me, you bitch. You know? Like, I nev- I'm so fortunate to never have been beaten up or anything oh like that, God. but I, there, there are people that are. There are people that have to literally fight every single day, and... um that is heartbreaking to hear you know yeah it is and i and i can also i feel confident speaking from the other side too i don't know if you do but i do as well um, but basically like um i've been on mostly on the other side of the fence where people have felt bullied by me and i know that really Be- okay. yes yeah so uh, there was a kid um 
that I ended up getting along with before I left high school. But in middle school, I would badger him. Like, Chris and Carrie, like, pick on you. Like, about his clothes, about he had a birthmark on his face. You know, so I was just, like, a terrible bitch to him. And in high school, we sat at the same table for math in, like, 10th grade, which is the year I dropped out. And he was, like basically told me that he hated me in middle school that wow. I made his life horrible during school and I was like I didn't I felt like I didn't even talk to you that much and when I did I know it was mean and actually in ninth grade I continued and then he I remember he pushed me and I was like okay I've taken it too far and so I stopped and then in 10th grade is when like he kind of told me how he felt about me and I was and I apologized right. How do you, like, what do you think that came from? Like, why did you feel like you were acting that way? Do you have, like, do you know yeah, why? Because it's it's easier being on that Honestly, side of the bullying. Mm, you know? Interesting. I mean, you're not, happy, you're not happy because you feel like you're going to get bullied, so you do the bullying first, you know? That I mean, that that's an interesting perspective that I don't think is necessarily heard as much. I have been told, like, all the bullying that I do, like, I, I kind of... I'm just like a fun, like stupid, per- like I like to bully like different boys, but only out of fun, you know, cause yeah. like, especially when we're friendly, but I've, I actually did one time get told that I, I, that I, it wasn't that I had done something to somebody, but it was the fact that I didn't, I wouldn't acknowledge this person okay. enough when, oh. when in like a setting and that I, that I had affected them because of how I acted. I'm following Right, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That like because this person this and I again this was probably my I mean I probably didn't handle it the correct way, but this person I knew I was going to college with and oh and he was uh he was an ex of a really good friend of mine. So I'd only heard the bad, you know, about this person. You know, whatever that means, according to the person that was used to be dating him. Right. So I so we but we had a, a few classes together and of course um, you know, it's theater classes, so you're you talk to everybody all the time. It's not like you're there for yourself; like you have to interact with everybody. And I guess I would, I guess I just wasn't giving him the time of day, the time of I don't know. I he felt and I per- get, purposefully ignored. Yes, he felt purposefully ignored, and he told me that he thought that I, or that he said, which I think is a little dramatic, is that I was responsible for like ruining one of his years at school and I was like bitch okay I'm not gonna take responsibility for all that that's dramatic <laughs> but I will say that I'm so, you know I did probably go into our relationship quote unquote with a bias where I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna give you the time of day and I acknowledge that and um, yeah so like nobody is immune from it um, even adult right. I mean what we were in college this wasn't even a high school or middle school level oh thing, my god you know so like I don't know. Bullying never ends, and um, and you never know, it's even when you don't think sides. you're being a bully, you're right, probably exactly. being a bully. Or of course, you may not realize somebody's bullying you. You know, keep your eyes yeah. open. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I think that uh, brings us to our movie this week, right? Yes. Yes. What are we doing? Creepy Carrie. Creepy Carrie. Yes, ah! we are. We are doing. <laughs> carry amongst all the different versions as many as possible i mean as many you know, we, as we, possible we only got so much time here but there are a lot of versions of carry out there yes say. and so um i guess we'll just start with with the og well kind of the og after yeah. the book well why don't um, you actually just give us a rundown of what this story encapsulates absolutely all right here we go <laughs> So there are three adaptations of Stephen King's Carrie. Each one of them brings something new to the table, and sometimes the characters' names are changed. But for the synopsis that we're giving you, we're just going to go over the overall story. The 1976 version was written by Lawrence D. Cohen and directed by Brian De Palma. The 2002 TV version was written by Brian Fuller and directed by David Carson. And the 2013 major motion picture remake was written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasso and Lawrence D. Cohen and directed by Kimberly Pierce. 
Our story begins in gym class, where Carrie is being ridiculed for not being able to play the sport of choice by her bullies. Her bullies are led by Chris Hargensen and her best friend Norma, or sometimes Tina. After gym class, they all head to the showers. It's like any other day, except today, Carrie is starting her period for the first time. While she is in her late teens, her period comes as a total shock and surprise to her. Carrie freaks out and begs the girls to help her as she believes she's bleeding to death. Instead of helping the girls mock her, throwing tampons, pads at her, and screaming for her to plug it up. Miss Desjardins, or according to the original Miss Collins, breaks the group up and helps Carrie. Carrie is excused from class for the rest of the day, and she goes home. At home, she is confronted by her mother, Mrs. White, who learns that Carrie started her period at school that day. Mrs. White preaches to Carrie that she is now full of sin, that her entry into womanhood is nothing but a mark of the beast. Mrs. White insists that Eve was evil, and and brought upon curses of womanhood to females, with the first curse being the curse of blood. Carrie talks back to Mrs. White, insisting that it wasn't her who sinned, it was Mrs. White who sinned, after not telling her that she was going to have a period eventually. Mrs. White loses her shit and sends Carrie to her praying closet and locks her in there until the end of the night. As Carrie's emotions and hormones rise, her telekinetic abilities increase in power. Back at school, Ms. Desjardins or Ms. Collins confronts the gym class, informing them that their consequences are a boot camp style detention with her, or suspension and refusal of their prom tickets. While girls like Sue Snell regret what they've done and are willing to face the consequences, Chris calls bullshit and storms out on the class, foregoing her prom ticket and swearing revenge. Sue asks her dreamboat boyfriend, Tommy Ross, to ask Carrie to the prom. She's asking him because she's noticed that Carrie has eyes for Tommy. And this would be her way of making up what she did to Carrie. Tommy agrees and asks Carrie to the prom. After hesitation and some convincing from Ms. Desjardins, Carrie decides to accept his invitation and go to prom. When Carrie tells Mrs. White that she's been invited to prom and that she's accepted, Margaret breaks down, letting Carrie know that after the curse of blood, the dogs come running to see where the smell is coming from. She begs for Carrie to see that the devil is tempting her. Carrie puts on a display of her powers after much research and practice and insists that she will be going to prom and that Mrs. White needs to shut her mouth. With the help of her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, Chris decides that she has the perfect plan for revenge against Carrie. Chris and Billy decide that they will kill a pig, collect its blood in a bucket, tie it to the rafters above the stage in the auditorium where prom will take place, fix the voting of prom king and queen so that Carrie and Tommy win, and then dump the pig's blood on Carrie. On prom night, Carrie gets all done up in her pink homemade dress and her newly purchased makeup. Mrs. White pleads with her and begs for her to stay home, insisting that all people are going to do is laugh at her. Carrie won't hear it and restricts Margaret from doing anything with her telekinetic power until Carrie leaves for the prom. At prom, Tommy is charmed by Carrie and actually takes a liking to her. Some of the nicer kids take to Carrie with kindness, and things are looking up for her. However... Chris's revenge plan is in full effect. Tina, or Norma, is hard at work after sneaking Billy and Chris into the prom so they can pull the rope for the bucket of blood. Tina now has the task of replacing the prom king and queen ballots with fake ones announcing Carrie and Tommy as the winner. Meanwhile, Sue Snell also sneaks into prom to see how everything is going for Carrie. Sue gets there just in time to hear Tommy and Carrie announced as the prom king and queen. She watches as they make their way on stage to accept their new titles, but then begins to notice there is a rope moving along the stage. She follows it and notices that there is a bucket above Carrie's head. Just as she begins to figure out what's going on, she catches the eye of Miss Desjardins, who grabs her and kicks her out of the prom. Just at that moment, 
Chris pulls the rope and the bucket of blood spills out all over Carrie. The school is shocked by what they've just witnessed. As Billy and Chris make a run for it, they let go of the rope. The bucket comes crashing down on Tommy's head, killing him instantly. Unaware of the severity of what just happened, some of the kids begin to laugh, encouraging other kids to laugh as well. Carrie goes into full rage mode and begins to show the kids at her school the wrath of her telekinetic power. Carrie destroys the prom, killing several classmates in the process, especially Tina or Norma. Carrie makes her way out of the school and begins to go home, destroying the town in the process. On her journey home, she comes across Chris and Billy in Billy's hot rod car. She epically destroys the car with Chris and Billy inside. She makes it home and washes the blood from her body. Mrs. White emerges from the shadows, at first consoling Carrie, But then, trying to kill her, Carrie fights back for survival by killing Margaret, crucifying her to the wall, or stopping her heart in the TV version. Carrie regrets all that she's done, and while holding her mother, destroys the house they live in. The house crumbles upon itself, trapping Carrie and Mrs. White inside and killing them. The end. Ooh. Ooh, what a spooky ending. I know. That ending really got people, too. Yeah, this is like any coming-of-age story for any teenager. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty universal bullying story. Yes. You know, we have a girl um, in Carrie who's, who's, you know, fragile and meek, and she's at the mercy of these very outgoing, outspoken girls. And uh, she's sort of born into circumstances that she's, that aren't her fault. You know, she can't help being as weird as she is. Right. And um, it's, Yeah, it's not her fault. And she doesn't want to be that way either. She wants to be no. accepted and have her friends. Yeah, she wa- she she would love... I think, yeah, Carrie would love to have friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, I don't think she... Um, it's just like, she's a victim of her circumstances. She's, mm-hmm. um, you know, and these girls are very aggressive and um, she hasn't been taught a lot of things. So, you know, especially that shower scene in the beginning is so important because oh, yeah. it sh- shows you right away that she is not, she has not been given the resources, especially by her yeah. gray gray mother. She hasn't even been told life lessons by her mother. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the more interesting things besides coming of age and, uh, you know, puberty and those kind of parallels of storylines. Um, I think... The most interesting part of Carrie is a girl's relationship with the other females around her. Hmm. Interesting. Whether they're friends, yeah. we see girls be, you know, have friendships, relationships, and then the, you know, rivalries, and then the mother and daughter dynamic all played out in Carrie. Yeah, I, I think that's a, probably a very, a very strong theme in this film is female relationships. Um, you know the, uh, the the men in this story are sort of incidental. Other you know right. Tommy Ross and Billy Nolan. Like Tommy Ross, really, uh, his, his story within this isn't really. It's, it's not limited. pivotal. It's limited, it's not right? Totally because, fleshed out as an right, as an, an, right, as exactly. A I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't have much to contribute other than himself. He's like being cute. You know, he, and- yeah, just being cute and you know taking Carrie to prom. Um, it does. They do sort of hint that maybe he. Uh, isn't like the others where he like actually does like like her poem that she wrote because you know she writes this really strange poem yeah you know and uh he seems to he seems to like it um supposedly and i think i don't know and so but i think the main crux of the story all comes down to the relationships between teenage girls and yeah. you know uh, and, te- and, and their the relationship between adults and their mother you know yeah. you know uh, not adults and their mothers what i just say teenagers and adult women so like we said there are like many different versions of the story so i think that we're probably yeah. going to jump back and forth between the remake and the original and things like that yeah um, so let's talk so, about the, the first the og as far as margaret and carrie go piper laurie and sissy spacek bring these characters to life right yes fully they fleshed I, out yeah they and i think it's so interesting because i do think that compared to to chloe to chloe grace moritz and um julianne moore's performance i mean they are right very different which i think i which i appreciate about 
about that, that they weren't sort of just making carbon copies of each other, that they um, they really yeah. went out of their way to try to craft um, their own versions of it because this the story is so... It's so iconic. Like, we already have those yeah. characters, especially the ones that Sissy and Piper created. That oh, they, my um, God, yeah. You know, and that they, I think they really did a a bang-up job, uh, you know, making those characters their own. But I think yeah. Sissy, Sissy's performance, to me, is the standout of all versions. Okay, yeah. You know, she's my favorite of all of them. I think that she... She's great. The, she's the perfect amount of, like, frail um, and, like... And beauty. And beauty, like, yeah. I mean, one of my favorite things about this whole thing is that Sissy Spacek was actually her... She was her homecoming queen in real life. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, and here she's, like, you know, this kind of this weird social outcast because of, you know, what people know about her her over-religious mother. Right. And, I, and um, you know, they really changed the character, especially her appearance from the book, because in the book she's like overweight, she's you know she's she looks a lot different. She's like bad skin. She looks like an easier t- target, I'm right? Sure. And I think Brian De Palma, who directed um, the original Carrie, they they made it a conscious decision that they wanted her to to have like the potential to be quote unquote beautiful, you to know, be made over, and- right? Which I think is I think that's an I think it's a great choice, and, and it works um, because when you first see yeah. Sissy Spacek, you're like, oh my god, she looks a little bit older, you know, she has the you know the freckled skin, and you know she's kind mm-hmm. of like you know she's not a stereotypical right. idea well, of you know beauty like Chris Harkinson is, right? Who, that plays who, her. who Chris Harkinson, Nancy Allen looks, I swear, like I've seen pictures of my mom. From like the seventies, oh I think that they look identical. So, mom, I know you're listening. So, you know, it's I, her. She played her. Yeah, yeah. That Chris Harkinson is my mom. <laughs> yeah, your mom has this whole Maureen Prescott backstory that you have ah! no idea about. I have no idea that she was just a giant bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, Julianne Moore, I think I'm. I think. I'm a little more scared of her because she's way more serious. Whereas Piper right. Laurie's more theatrical and you know, you right. can kind of feel like I can take her, but Julianne Moore, she seems a little more intimidating. Right. That, and I would say, and this might be a controversial statement, but I kind of prefer Julianne Moore's performance. Oh, I know. It's more erratic. It's you more, know? it's more, qu- I like that it's quieter and a little more, Oh. She's like a she's like a quiet psychot like yes. psychoticness. Like when to she's her. whispering her verses and yeah, yes. you don't you can't you catch words but you're not really understanding because she's so in her head, right? That, yeah, you and, know, and like just hearing the stories that that they have about how like, Piper Laurie went about playing this role. Like she did not. First of all, she thought this was a comedy. Uh, and she like th- she like thought it was a a black comedy. She was not like they had to like pull her aside and be like this is a horror movie like this isn't a comedy age because she like couldn't take any of it seriously she thought it was so she thought her the character was so over the top and ridiculous that she literally <laughs> thought it was a joke like oh she would God. like laugh hysterically between her scenes because she's like this is hilarious and she said apparently to this day she still claims that it's a comedy <laughs> and so and so and, and I think that probably in a way added to her performance because she just has this over the top ridiculousness about her. I think she was like going, you know, two hundred percent into this character. That, the scene before Carrie goes to prom when she's pulling her hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Like, well <laughs> Right. But then I in a way I also think it maybe makes her like I don't know, maybe she did almost like she didn't take it as seriously, and I think Julianne Moore her performance because it is so different. I think she her approach was that she took it probably very seriously. seriously. Yes, because this woman difference. Has, does have issues. Right, exactly. And um, I kind of like the quiet, more serious version of her. I like the sort of the, the more self the self punishment. Yes, you yeah. Know? She's, she's, like, she's more battered. Right. And she yeah. She's more battered, and she like there's something about like how when she's like stabbing herself in the leg or yes. she's like banging her head on the wall like I those think are those strong are strong moments those are strong moments and I think of the 2013 remake which I will agree is an inferior film to the original like it will never touch it's the original it's extremely underwhelming yeah and um, but I will say one of the standouts and I think maybe one of the improvements for me this is not going to be for everybody I know that but is I think Julianne's, Julianne Moore's performance I think she is 
great in this. I think okay. she really committed and she um, nailed it. Yeah. So Patricia Clarkson, who we know as like the mother of Easy A, you know, um, yes. she's Margaret White in the TV version, which you have not seen. I have not seen that now. So she does a pretty good job. She kind of she takes it to the Julianne Moore level, also. Sure. Um, I think the limits were that it was made for TV and that it was the early two thousands. But she does a pretty decent job. She's a little more put together than the other two, which mm-hmm. kind of takes you away from it because she's very polished and she's very like you know a very like you know wise looking woman and so it's kind of like it kind of takes you out of it because she looks very put together and polished and I don't yeah. think that someone with that mentality would be that sure. clean have you seen Sharp Objects no she's in that Sharp- right yeah so she she play uh, I don't like I know this is a newer series so I don't want to give anyone any twists but she sort of plays a similar I don't want to say character but she plays like a mother who is maybe a little cra- crazy Okay. You know? Yeah. And um, I think so. She probably I I could see where you're what you're saying about her yeah. as far as like her choices and things like that. Like um, I can see like that's probably where she where she stands when she makes choices. Like she thinks yes. her her vision of crazy is reserved or and like icy, like a little icy. icy yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so there's that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my pick for Margaret White, I think, would be, I don't know. It's hard. It's really it's hard. I mean, it's a it's a huge role. It's like I a think huge... I'm more entertained by Piper Laurie. Sure, she's definitely entertaining. Yeah, that's for sure. And like <laughs> yeah. the things that she says, and my fa- one of my favorite lines is when she's like, "Red, I knew," or like what she, what she say about her dress. She's like, "Red, I knew it. Yeah, it'd be red." Yeah, which the is hilarious. Be- of her. Yes, because the dress <laughs> is pink. And, like, <laughs> and I love Sissy's basic delivery too. And she's like, "It's p- not red, Mama. It's pink." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they have, they have, and you know, okay. And that's, I think, why that's why I enjoy Piper Laurie's performance more is because she got to play off of Sissy Spacek, who is a stronger mm. Carrie than Chloe. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What do you think about Chloe? Chloe. Um, Definitely is more age appropriate, I think, yes. for the part. Yeah. I believe her when she's being bullied, but when it came time for line delivery, I think her voice sounded too young, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. there's a thing with that you can be a convincing actor in the face, but if your voice can't get there, you know what I mean? Like, if the line delivery doesn't sound right, it, it just. There's something, there's something off. It almost seems like she's, she's may have, I'm sure she's had struggles. She's a child actor for crying out loud, but I don't think that she could be there completely. Hmm. Like she, like, like she wasn't able to tap into like the, to tap into the dark recesses of Carrie's pain. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I I think, I think that she does, she does the job. I think she's cute. Um, and I do think that they make her really scary in the end. Like, oh yeah, uh, they did a the great prom scene. Job. I th- think, those are yeah. really great moments. Is her shifting to, you know, like a darker carry. Right. Um, right. But I but I think that she had the help of CGI and special effects for that, whereas Sissy didn't back in the seventies when everything was practical. Right. She was. She, had she to. was. She she was emulating it through her body. Right. Where Chloe had has you know the. What's the word? I don't want to say privilege, which is the uh, well, you yeah, know, whatever of like CGI. The, you know, like she's 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 pretty. She's yeah. you know, I mean, she's cute. She's in all these movies. She's a great actress. So it's like, you know, it, it's not as convincing. But right. I have to say that my favorite Carrie is actually the TV Carrie. What's her name? Annette or An- Angela uh, Bettis? Oh, Angela Bettis. She's yes. a scream queen. She's been in tons of horror movies. May. Um, have you seen May? May? No, I've never seen May. You've never seen May? No, That's but like, I've always seen the cover with her Very on weird it. movie. But yes. Yeah. So May, she was in May. And then also she was the anorexic girl in Girl Interrupted. And I really enjoy her <laughs> performance in that when they're trying to be trees. And they're like, think tree, you're a tree. And she starts breaking down because the bulimic girl got to go home and she did Oh it. my God. And they're like, and or whatever her name is in that movie. She's like, they're like, what kind of tree can you be on the floor? And she goes, I'm a fucking shrub, all right? <laughs> but 
But she does a really great job as Carrie. I need you to watch that version because it's actually really enjoyable. Wow, um, yeah. And I think I'm you'll really like her you performance. Like she does this like possessed thing like where her eyes go to the back of her head because in the TV version, Carrie cannot control her powers. They come with hmm. her emotions, which I think is a is a stronger choice than them learning how to control it. She never right. learns how to control it. She can kind of like tap into it and be able to move things with her mind, but she's never able to like control it. They, everything gets lifted up from her emotions, sadness, rage, Aww. anxiety. So like different things happen, like things begin to levitate when she's anxious, but things start to be destroyed when she's mad. Right. So it's like, right. and I, th- I, cool. I wonder if, I think that is more from the book. And I will, funny story about the book. Um, so I've read the book. I read the book Me in, too. I read the book in seventh grade. Oh, wow. And I did a book report on it in front of my class. <laughs> and everybody looked at me like I was nuts because, you know, everybody was doing like the outsiders and shit like that. And I was oh, like, God. I'm doing Carrie. And they were, everybody was like, like, even my teacher was like, what in the hell are oh you God, doing? Really? But I loved it. And I think I still got a good grade on it. I did the job. I did the you work. You did a job well done, I'm sure. It's a great uh, story. And Stephen King actually wrote the shower scene, hated it, tossed, crumpled it up and tossed it in the garbage. And his wife pulled it out of the trash bin, read it, and was like, you have to finish this. Yeah, that makes sense. I love um I love that Stephen King actually does think that the movie is better than the book. I, you know, I wish I... He I hates that book. I haven't read it. I mean, it was, it was his first book. Like, name one person whose first work they're in love with, you know? Yeah. So it makes it makes sense. Um, but uh, I, I wish I remembered more of it, but I do think that she is very emotionally driven. I remember things happening, like maybe it starts rain. Like when she gets upset, it starts raining. Like, I think she has more powers in the book than than are shown in the movies. I think so too. Okay, so, sorry. We are going to be jumping back and forth a lot because it's just how it is. Chloe's, um, the casting in Chloe's of the girls is my favorite. As far as look-wise, because Hmm. they cast Chloe Grace Moretz, who's adorable, as Carrie. And everybody's like, she's not ugly enough, you know, she's not... But they cast her, you know main antagonist Chris Harkinson as Portia Doubleday who is equally gorgeous however they really downplayed her looks in the movie right. they made her hair brown she looks sort of yeah. mousy she's not wearing a lot of makeup when she does it's not flattering um, I don't know if that was a choice but she's not very pretty in the movie and so yeah. versus I, yeah. the other two versions where Chris is the prettiest girl in school and Carrie she's actually threatened by the prettier girls in school. She's threatened by Sue. She's threatened by her friend Tina at some point when her boyfriend Billy tries to like suggest like they should kiss. She kind of gets insecure. And so, and she's, you know, upset by Carrie and these, all three girls in the movie, all three girls are presented prettier than her. Yeah. I, I had a really interesting conversation with Joey about it while we were watching it because I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know how I feel about Chris not being blonde. I was like, I don't know. And I was like, I feel like that's such like when you think of like the mean girl in school and he's like, he's like, but he's like, but that's expected. He's like, when you, and I thought this was a really good point that he made. He was like in the seventies, of course, when they're making the original, the tropes of like, you know, of the blonde bitchy girl probably hadn't been, that was when they were starting to be created. Like these like high school mean girl characters. So of course it makes sense then. He's like, but, but more interesting choices to switch it up you know in like a more modern film he's like so he's like i like the fact that she's a brunette in this he's like i like the fact that she isn't like you know typical they sort, like, like she doesn't typical, look like sue like you would expect the actress yes. that plays sue to be yes. the chris almost exactly and, yeah. and and i was like you know what? i was like you're right that is actually true like i i was probably i was thinking of it for more of like a stereotypical tropey standpoint and he was looking at it like no i find that like that's an interesting choice that's more interesting than just seeing what we what we expect. And I was like, yeah, oh, you're yeah, right. because yeah. she's not happy, and and it shows yeah. like in her face because of the way they've made her up. Like she's 
not happy. And so she's got, like, Chris in the 2013 version is this dark cloud. Whereas in the first two, she's more flighty and effervescent and, yeah. you know, is more like just the ringleader and, you know, she does what she does. But in 2013, she's more threatened and she's, she's fighting more threatened her way and she forward. Is a, and she's even, she's like a more psychotic version of, of Chris when you think about it. Yeah. Like, she, like, she has moments where she, like, her, her she is... Yeah, crazy. like they are they are so she's hungering to to humiliate Carrie. It's not just a joke to her. She like she, she wants des- to destroy her. Yeah, she wants to destroy her. Like she feels humiliated and threatened by her. And um yeah, that's a yeah, they definitely took that to to a different extreme in the remake. Yeah. yeah. Because people, and I see it as like people started to sympathize with this freaky girl, but she's prettier than me, you know? So like, right. fuck and this again, bitch. <laughs> right. And again, and again, I don't know what it is about that original, but maybe they were not at all aware of what they were creating because Nancy Allen has gone on to say, she's like, John Travolta and I, who played Tommy, or sorry, who played Billy Nolan, mm-hmm. she's like, they, we didn't, we didn't realize that we were the villains of the story. She's like, she's like, we, she's like, they thought that they were the comic relief because they were such buffoons. You know, they probably didn't approach it from like a sinister standpoint because she thought that they were so stupid that there was no way that they were, you know, supposed to be villainous by any means. Yes. And I think you kind of get that. Um, now that you're saying that, I'm like, well, that totally makes sense because in that scene where they're in the car, it's a kind of serious yeah. moment because this is when we learn that Billy, you know, is like, abusing her like she's, yeah she, he's slapping her left and right yeah. um, oh, she's being sl- you know it's like <laughs> slap mama the slaps in this movie they're <laughs> in that original like what in the hell oh my god why are like chris gets slapped by two different characters like bitches are just slapping, slapping. whoever slapping yeah and apparently when betty buckley who plays Ms. uh mrs collins the gym teacher yeah she legitimately had to slap Nancy Allen in the face like 40 times because Brian De Palma was not satisfied with the reaction. Like she said, the one that John Travolta did was fake, but he actually made Betty Buckley slap Nancy Allen in the face a lot. And there, and I guess there's, you know, there is talk that, you know, Brian De Palma is a little bit of a misogynist. And so, you know, of course, so he was like, yeah, slap her around. Who cares? And then I'll marry her. Which he did. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the more I think about it, the more I do kind of like the 2013 version of Chris. I I think that she, they she is allowed to have a little um a little more depth, you yeah. know, and, and like you know she we does. see her we see her dad, which we had never seen before. Um, well because you haven't seen the TV version. Oh, okay, okay. Tell me about that. Okay, so that kind of dives us into the dynamic of all the girls um, because I think that beyond Chris, the girls get a little more interesting. Um, so in the first one, her best, uh, Chris's best friend is Norma, played by legendary scream queen PJ Souls. PJ Souls. Um, she plays Norma with f- horrible bangs and that <laughs> rainbow hat. <laughs> and what? she does a great job as being kind of like the ditzy friend who's just kind of this, you know, follower... Um, but in the latter of the three films, um, in the TV version, um, it's Tina, who is also, that character is also the best friend of Chris in the 2013 version. Um, and Tina is played by Catherine Isabel in the TV film. Oh, Catherine Isabel. Catherine Isabel, American Mary, Freddy Mm -hmm. vs. Jason, um, Ginger Snaps, uh, yeah, legendary Scream Queen. Scream Queens galore. Yeah. So she is just as awful as Chris in the TV version. Hmm. She's probably worse because um, Chris ends up getting suspended. And so Tina carries on the bullying and, you know, the second half of the film. And so Tina gets this really good death during the prom scene and uh, the TV version. Wow. She, she gets a hit with the uh, basketball hoop, which is enormous. And it just, <laughs> it bangs right into her spine and she falls and then it comes off and swings around and just pounds her in the face. It's oh, a pretty shit. good death. Yeah. Whereas, you know, PJ Souls gets, you know, drowned by a hose. By a hose. <laughs> <laughs> that part um, is, I was like, wait, what's happening? I, I get like, I get it. Like, you know, 
hoses are very powerful, like fire hoses. But I'm like, what? What's but happening to her? What a lackluster death scene for, I know. for Tina, or you know, for Norma. Um, and then in 2013, Tina gets set on fire, but it takes right. me out of it because you can see the stunt double under there with the oh, I know. Wig. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they ain't yeah. gonna really set her ass on fire. But. <laughs> well, you know, why not? Be in character. <laughs> Come on, commit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the dynamic between Chris and Norma and then Chris and Tina is um, they're all the same but I think that the most wicked the girls ever are are in the TV version wow they're cruel because not only do they crowd around her and you know she's on her period but then they fill up her her locker with tampons and plug it up you know in the hallway Jesus. and everybody's in on it yeah it's the bullying is extreme in the tv version to the max then there's plenty of scenes in this two hour and 12 minute film of oh the bullying God. wow like, we're to a point where you know you get to the end and you're rooting for her you're like you know what get rid of them they're all assholes <laughs> <laughs> which one okay which one do you think overall is the best prom scene they all have yeah they're all pretty great moments yeah they do. i would We're... say the weakest of the three is the 2013 version it's way too cgi and it takes yeah it's, completely out it of is it. cgi i mean there are some really cool moments that i do like but i agree i, I it, it, there's like like some of it is really effective i think i think the moment with chris is really effective but that's after she leaves the prom right and, and i do think and i think and that's one thing i do like from that they took from the book is that, you know, Carrie, she's like, taking it to the streets. And she's like, yeah. you know, because in the book, she destroys half the town. Oh, that's she, exactly what happens in the TV version. Like, the town is dis- demolished when Carrie's done with it. Right. Which, I mean, good for her. Fuck those yeah, people. Yeah, fuck all these people. They're all yeah. the parents. <laughs> Literally. Exactly. Uh, so, okay. So, the, what I like about the original one is the use of color. Yes. Um, the aesthetic, the, that beautiful disco glow that this movie has is g- yeah. gorgeous. Um, and during the prom, you know, it's the play with color of blue against red and, you know, the flames and the blood. And it's so, it's so oh, good. It's so, it's so good. good. It's so iconic and sissy spacek. And that scene is terrifying. Yeah, sure, she's terrifying. Her, what she does somehow with her, her body, her and... eyeballs are twice the size that they <laughs> usually are. Yeah, she's amazing in that scene. Yeah. Um, but the but the scene overall is kind of lackluster. You know, the blood dump is a little lackluster in this one. Um, oh, in the, in the in original. 2013? Oh, yeah. in the original. No, in yeah. the original because it just plops on her. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, it like, almost, it, like, like it flops on her shoulder, and then literally the next uh, and part the of next her hair. Age, right? Yeah, yep. the next scene she's like covered, covered in, it. in it from. I head mean, to toe. you know, yeah. <laughs> so I would say this is the weakest blood dump, the most iconic for sure, but the weakest. Yeah, um, for sure. But but it plays with color really well, and the death scenes are kind of bleh during it, but it does yeah. the job, and that kind of split screen um, technique they used for it, I think, is pretty effective because you're like yeah. you you get the sense of the chaos, like right. what's going and, on in this corner, what's going on in that corner, right? And apparently there was more split screen. Like apparently that's like a Brian De Palma um, staple. That's like a signature of his. And okay. I guess the whole the whole prom scene was in split screen. And then I think they were like, mm, maybe not. Let's not. You, you need know, some let's... moments to break. It yeah. Up. We, yes. Exactly. And but. Um, you know my favorite my favorite death scene in the original is unfortunately happens to Miss Collins the the gym teacher when she gets like oh it's chopped, a good one when she gets chopped in half by the by the backboard of the of yeah the, of the whatever basketball the hell that hoop. is yes yeah. yeah and it just comes crashing down yeah and they do a really good job because it hits her and then they show Chris's reaction from outside like <gasps> yeah like, like oh my god I what is happening right um. And one thing that I noticed that I thought was interesting is that a lot of people survive in the remake in 2013. Oh, yeah. There's all these most, kids outside. Most of the prom survives. You I think know? They, and I, they, they didn't want to be too cruel. Right. And I think that's maybe my one of my biggest problems with the 2013 version is that it's like... It's, it's not, it, it's, it's not, yeah, it, it from the very beginning scene, and I know like we don't, you know, in 2013, we probably don't want to exploit women the same way as we did in the 70s. But just like the lack of, I don't know, I hate saying like the nudity thing, but like it when it just seems like it was, 
it was never going to go there. It was never going to be darker, dark enough. It was not going to be gritty enough. As like, it was like made for MTV, like the MTV generation, as which like a, a teen younger, gen- which is younger right. these days, you know. Right, exactly. And so I, 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 I go into it knowing, like, okay, we, you know, in the in the original, we, we there was nothing holding them back. In this one, we're lim- we have limits already, and I, yeah. and I. You know, and so it's light. It's light. It doesn't yeah. get there totally in darkness, which I think makes it a little more unrealistic. You know, I mean, kids yeah, exactly. these days in high school are dark souls. Right. Like they're not the effervescent youth of the fifties. Like, right? Do they are jaded? Right. And, and they th- know what they're doing. Right. And I think the seventies one is just a little more visceral. It's a little more, I don't know, like willing to to be darker. And yeah, th- this one seems like a pl- just to get teen like is more aimed at like young teenagers like getting them into like you know the movie theater seats as opposed to making a a a, a film that's dark and um and, you know yeah, emotional have a happy yeah. ending yeah yeah and um but like I said and I and I told this to you earlier there are things that I do really like about the 2013 version like don't get me wrong yeah. I I do like it um but I mean it's just. I don't know. The original just had the balls to go there, even with you know the limits they had in yeah. 1976. Um, and uh, so I do, yeah. Yeah, um, and the 2013 has a better blood jump, but again, for me, the TV version is going to take the cake for best blood dump. There's oh like chunks gosh, in it. Love that there, movie. There are like chunks in the blood, and it's like chunky, Ugh. and it comes down on her, and every and it splatters on everyone that's on the stage next to her. And it's this, and it's like a, it's like a dump. Like it's like it take it's a while that it's going on, and she's completely covered in blood. And um, you know, there's some CGI use in that one also with like tables floating. Um, yeah. But it's it's very similar to the original as far as like you know the the only one who really gets hammered in that one is um, is Tina by the basketball hoop. Um, but it's you know it kind of has it's it's a little bit better. But I think the OG has the best prom scene. Oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I have mean, the, it's, I have, it's, it has its iconic. issues, but yeah. it's the most iconic. You oh can't, yeah, for sure, I, the most iconic. And we would we wouldn't have the other prom scenes if it weren't for that it. one. So without you know, you got it. you got to give credit where credit is due. Yes, give credit where credit is due. I always thought one of the spookiest parts about the film is after the is after the prom scene is the you know like mm. can you imagine how if being Carrie and you just. You know, your emotions came out and you literally murdered a bunch of people at your school. And then you, what do you do? What do you do? You go home and you, Take you turn, yeah, you turn in, you turn back into a little girl. You, or you turn back into yeah. a child. You need your mom. You need your mom. Like, I was, to me, that's always been one of the most effective parts about this story is when she goes home and she doesn't know what else to do other than just to wash off the blood and put on her nightgown and want her mom. And then, of course, her mom goes to the extreme and ends up you know attempting to murder her as if like the night wasn't (laughs) fucked up enough right (laughs) yeah she had a bad night yeah she has a fucking horrible night but i always thought that was a great uh uh like it was like a like a second ending there were like two climaxes to this movie yeah oh yeah totally that that whole ending with the the mother um is definitely another a second climax for sure it's equally strong it's power it's a powerful moment Right, and I think that makes up for the fact that there's a lot of um, build-up to these moments. You know, the first half of this movie, nothing really, ha- nothing of like, like of no. h- high stakes happens. It's all build up to the the prom. But to once the prom, the prom happens, yeah. the, it actually does happen pretty quickly. The prom happens, but so I think it's oh good that God, we probably yeah. have we have something to really continue the action to make you know. To keep the to make excitement. it worth it, yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep the excitement, yeah. Um, the sissy's basic one is, I mean, iconic. When when she confronts right. the mother and you know, and they have the whole knife scene, it's great. But I think what two thousand two and two thousand thirteen do are they that that town destruction? Like she's carrying yeah. her rage, the rage carry too. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> carrying her rage. Um, uh, against no one's safe. And I think what the 2002 version does a little more stronger than the 2013 version is that she destroys the town, she kills Billy and Chris, and she goes home, and she gets in the bathtub with her dress on, 
and the tub mm. fills with red water and the, her mother walks in and grabs her and as soon as she touches Carrie, Carrie goes, she like goes, <gasps> and then she goes, and then she looks down at where she is in the bathroom and she goes, what is this? What happened? Like she has no idea about mm. what just took place. And then that, and then, and then it proceeds to Margaret then trying to drown her in the bathtub and Carrie to save herself stops her mom's heart. And right. Which, which is out. what, ha- which is what happens yeah. in the book. In the book. But yeah, yeah. 2013 took from the OG page of the script and just had the, yeah, nice it, it, yeah, yeah. It was sort of a blend, which I do have a problem with that because I think what the what the OG does so well is that they, when it comes to Margaret and Carrie's life at home, is that they really, uh, they really show us a lot of that kind of scary religious imagery. Like they we do. were, you know, we see these like these big operatic versions of these, you know, religious figures that Margaret worships, and <laughs> yeah. and I don't, and I don't think we see a lot of that in the 2013 version. So I don't when, think they wanted to go there completely. Right, they didn't want to go there, but then they went the route of still having Carrie you know sta- you know use her powers to almost like crucify i don't want to say crucify because she's not they don't do and it's not the image of jesus that they use it's actually the image of saint sebastian yeah the, the arrows right but it, it sort of doesn't if you didn't if you don't know who that is or you don't have any reference to the original you're like what why did they make this such a big deal that she stabbed her like that and she's like hanging like that it's like they yeah. could have gone the other way around yeah because if they weren't willing to show the religious imagery, there was no sort of lead up or foreshadow or reference like as, as to, to why, why she kind of crucified her, which I don't think yeah. that the, the version got that. I don't think that they know that St. Sebastian and not Jesus. Like, you know, right. so I kind of feel like they just thought like, oh, they're cruci- she's crucifying her. Like, she looks like a cross. It's like, no, right. no. Like, Margaret was so self-righteous that, you know, she had, a, she almost like, you know, styled herself after the image of this, a figurine of Saint Sebastian, uh, you know, nailed to the wood with the feathers and all that, you know, uh, right. with the feathers, the arrows, <laughs> ah, the feathers, with the feather, feather, with the arrows. And so, um, when she dies, you're kind of like seeing her become this religious, you know, m- martyr that she thought she was. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And she sort of always dies, sort of happy. Even Piper, yeah. oh, Piper, yeah. Piper, Piper, Piper Laurie, that bitch is having a full-on <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. Okay, so you know how like she stops and she's like smiling, yeah. And they pan out like slowly. Why, it's all quiet, and Andre goes, "Why is she smiling? She just died." <laughs> <laughs> because she got to die like one of these, you know, uh, these saints that she worships. She yes, yes. She feels like she's like a big fan, and so. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so of all the versions what is your favorite scene in all the versions um okay and all the versions like in each version or out of all of them out of all of them i don't know i have okay i have my favorite for each I'll okay tell you. okay in the 2013 version my favorite part is chris and billy's death scene yes mine too because it's the most played out out of all three versions Yes, um, it's, a, it's, the, a scar- it, it's the scariest all, we see Carrie too. It's I the say. scariest, and you really get to see Chris being that pathetic girl. Like you, she's even when she, her car is floating in air and she knows she's helpless, she's still trying to destroy Carrie. And so, and then it ends up being, you know, this climactic moment where her face flies through the windshield. And actually, it takes me to a childhood memory. I think that's why it sticks with me a lot, too, is that her face goes to the windshield and she's stuck there. And oh, yeah. there used to be this billboard that scared the shit out of me. It was when they started introducing the not texting and driving thing. Oh, yeah. And they had this poster at this stoplight and it said, you're the flyest girl on the block until your face goes through a windshield. Don't text oh, and drive. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so I always wow, think about dark. that when I see this Carrie, this version of Carrie. And I, I love, think it sticks I, with yeah. me more in my head. I love that she like peppers it too with blowing them up. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I know yeah. you already di- your face is already through a windshield, but dead. I'm gonna blow your ass up too. Yeah, I really like that part. Yeah, I do too. Um, in 2002, besides the blood dump, I think again my favorite scene would be Chris and Billy's death scene. It's longer than the original. It's not as long as the 2013 version, but it's this moment where they're coming down the street to watch the fires burn. And 
they're like, you know, what's going on? And then they, and because of, they almost get crashed by a telephone pole and they're like, well, what, you know, like what the hell's going on? They stop. And then the fire hydrant starts to come loose next to them and they're watching it come loose and then Carrie's in front of them and they ram towards her. And Chris actually says, Billy, stop. And their car crashes against her like force field type of energy and and then she lifts the car up and she smashes their seats against a tree and so it's like this really effective moment and it's really well done given their budget and you know it's on television for a tv movie yeah yeah so it's like i think they do a great job with that and i think all the bullying scenes in the in the tv version are really something to watch when with that ending (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite scene in all of them is is actually um, that moment in the OG when uh, when Carrie Sissy Swasek overpowers Margaret for the first time with her powers, Ooh, yes. and you know after like she tells her that she's going, she's like, "I'm going to the prom, Mama," and she's like, she's like, you know, Margaret throws water in her face and everything, and then she like overpowers her, and I love when Sissy's like crying, but she's like sort of finally she's been able to overpower her mom and she's all things are going to change around here and she's like crying and I think it's so heartbreaking but I love her performance so much in it I think her performance is so good in that it's like heartbreaking because also I mean if you know what's about to happen you you feel like yes Carrie yes this is your moment and then in your mind you're like but no like it's not gonna work it's not gonna work out for you and I think that that is uh, it's such like a great moment Because the hope, the hope that Carrie, Sissy's basic brains to Carrie, makes her so. You're so sad at the end of that movie because you're like, man, all she wanted to do was be accepted by her mother and the people at school. And I think that the OG version does the best job at portraying that and you really getting on right. bringing you to Carrie's side right and then like especially like when they're like voting for the prom king and queen and she's like she's like doesn't want to vote for herself because she's just so terrified but then they yeah. but he reassures her that it's all gonna be okay and then it's not okay it's not okay and it's just so uh, it's heartbreaking and but they get what they deserve so but I do have to say that you have to be completely ridiculous if you don't go yes after the prom scene oh, <laughs> in all yeah. three films across the board in the of book course. and at all three films. Uh, yeah, because you know, they fucking you really, deserve it. Yeah, you're you're kind of like this is the revenge I need to see played out on the screen just to feel good about things that I went through. Of course, this is like this that. is the bullied the bullied's revenge story like there is a catharsis about watching this oh yeah yes. you're like look at these fuckers you know run they think they're so fucking cute we'll watch yeah. me burn this whole place yeah down. you think you have power you're gonna I'll fuck with you me power. bitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay so do you love these this franchise these movies I, you know what I really do I really do and um, the TV version okay I again I go back to just a quick little thing the TV version ends with Carrie surviving um, what wow. yeah and they and she takes off with Sue Sue's gonna take her out of town they let her to try to be a TV show and it didn't get picked up Wow, that's a so bad that's choice. the only thing I don't like about the TV <laughs> version. But other than that, I enjoy all three films equally. They all have their good moments. They all have their bad moments. I have my favorites, yeah. you know. But I enjoy all three. I enjoy the book. I really love the story. Do you know what one of my favorite versions of the story is? The, the musical. Mu- the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you play? Who? Oh would you my play? god! Of course, I would play Chris. <laughs> really? I can't. Oh, of course I, I not. I would w- never. I think you would do a really great job as Margaret. No. <laughs> as Carrie. Oh my god. I think god. you'd be a phenomenal Carrie. Oh, that's very sweet. I no, think you have I... the face to, you know, kind of transform into really ugly. Ah! No. <laughs> so there was kidding. yeah, so this was actually um a Broadway musical and it's considered one of the most notorious flops of all time. <laughs> so in 1988, this musical came out on Broadway and only played a whopping five performances before it closed. Whoa. And um, really interesting fun fact is that Betty Buckley, who plays Mrs. Collins in the original, played Margaret White in the stage version. 
Oh my is god! That, is that and crazy? it still did not do enough to save it. So, oh no no no! So yeah, it's considered like one of the most notorious flops in Broadway history. But in 2012, they revived it off Broadway. They made a bunch of revisions to it. They tried their best to take the music and make it, you know, listenable. Bet- yeah, listenable. And actually, it's a pretty, it's actually a pretty fun, enjoyable, like teen angsty musical now. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and you can like listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, which is really fun. I know Riverdale did an episode of it, and I, that is literally the last time I watched Riverdale. I was like, "Fuck, it's you. terrible." The Fuck only thing you, they Riverdale. did well with that whole storyline was to put the actress that plays Cheryl Blossom in full as Carrie. Carrie Gee. No, when they do, oh. when she's walking around her house with a candelabra. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she's covered in blood. It's oh a, my that's god! It's a great moment of that. Uh, <laughs> but god, stupid, fuck that stupid show. Fuck that stupid show. But um, <laughs> yeah, so but it, yeah, if you, I really, I do really like that version. It's really stupid, of course, and you know, it's it's light entertainment. Like you're going into carry the musical. You're obviously not going to be watching something of a of great caliber but it's fun yeah and, you're um, obviously not gonna be watching cats you know when you yeah. watch it ah! <laughs> <laughs> joseph uh, and the amazing technicolor dream yeah. <laughs> keep him coming keep naming all these horrible actually i do actually don't come for joseph i love joseph but anyway okay um uh so yeah that's so because you, you wanna... were joseph you know Duh, exactly again you know here's margaret white does she play margaret white thinking she's a religious <laughs> martyr <laughs> Bring Egyptians. Uh, so, Jake, are we going to tell everybody what our next episode is, or do you want to leave it up to a guess mm, the game, guess the movie game in our Instagram story? I kind of want to leave it up to a guess because it's going to be a really, really difficult one. I think. I, I think, think so. Uh, you know, all of our September. I think you're never going to guess what we're doing because yes. you're. I can't even believe that we're doing these movies. Me too, but you—you you know you even said yourself, even the one that you chose, you were like, "It'll be totally unexpected." It'll be totally <laughs> unexpected. Oh, absolutely! These are going to be unexpected movies because you know what? We see the same shit in our Instagram feed. Everybody's doing the same screen same Texas movies. Chainsaw. Like, yeah. oh my god! Like, I don't care. We're going to do something different. We like to change it up, and we these are the movies we like. So, um, yes, tune in. We're going to do a little little fun couple fun like out of the box episodes for you for september and then we get into october for our bracket yes. challenge and that should be by the time this airs it will already be the first round will already be over so participate in the second round we're going to do the first round of votes on mondays every week in september and we're going to do the second half of the votes on thursdays yes so, i am so yeah. excited I i'm excited so to see fun. what people pick me too i think it's going to be very very interesting and um, i'm really excited Totally. All right. So um, before you go, of course, we got to remind you, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Send us an email, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. Um, like, comment, subscribe, Apple podcast review. Apple what bottom you- jeans, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Boots with a <the> fur. <laughs> I'm over and, it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and thanks for participating in all of our fun things this week. We had a lot of stuff about witches and um, witches, man yeah. witches, sandwiches, all that. <laughs> man, man witches. No. <laughs> <laughs> Big bitches. Just kidding. <laughs> Dirty bitches. <laughs> oh, witches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, thanks for participating. It was lots of fun. Um, you guys keep us entertained. Keep sending us messages. We love talking to you all. It's been so good getting to know you, and we hope to keep on doing that. Yes, yeah, sweet screams, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>